0: How's everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Card Progression Podcast, now sponsored by Dark Fusion Systems, the most badass computers that you're ever going to be able to get. Use the code Pod to get hundred dollars off your entire order at DarkFusionSystems.com. Ooh, yeah! And now let's dive into it. I cannot wait to bring you this episode because we have Tyler from Hollow Front on the podcast once again, after a year and a half of essential turmoil. Band members leaving, Van crash, just the emotional. I'm just wondering if you can continue on with the band. The band's about to release the new album, "The Fear of Letting Go," on the twenty seventh. We dive deep into the whole entire thing. Its themes, its sounds, and answer the question: Does life get easier? Do relationships get easier? Does work life balance get easier as your band grows? Great episode. So let's go to it. Are you guys ready? Let's go, yeah. Well, 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 ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Court Progression Podcast. Last year, when this band released the album, The Price of Dreaming, I brought this guy onto the podcast right here. We had an absolute blast. And over the past year and a half to say this band and this guy has been through a lot is an understatement. And all of that's going to be encompassing on their brand new coming out on October 27th called The Fear of Letting Go. And when I say it's a good album, Jesus Christ, this is a fantastic album. And I cannot wait to talk to him all about it. So please welcome Tyler Tate from Hollow Front back to the podcast. So Tyler, welcome back.
1: This is where the, ah, you know, like the people, the the the, the crowd goes wild. Though. Uh, Yeah, I'm so happy to be back, man. I, I saw your your podcast uh, pop up on the interview sheets. I was like, yeah, definitely want to talk to Kevin again. It was a good time. So uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to get into it and, you know, get into the nitty gritty of this album and what we have going on. And yeah, I'm excited. All right. You just made my day by saying that,
0: man. And it just means a lot to me. So thank you. And yeah, I'm going to even add a little bit of crowd noise in there too. So when it's just like, I'm just going to just have it all put in there just for the fun of it. But from the last time I talked to you to the time I talked to you now on the podcast about your new album compared to where you were at the price streaming, I know a lot has happened since then, so for everyone that is not caught up with it, can you just give us the rundown of the summary of what's happened with the band from the time you came out with the Price of Dreaming to now with the Fear of Letting Go ready to come out
1: on Friday the twenty seventh. Um, I mean, it kind of all started right before the Price of Dreaming came out. It was we had the big accident. I'm pretty sure we talked about that on our podcast, or at least probably mentioned it a little bit. I was kind of more. I was kind of more hesitant to like really talk about it back then. Um, But that kind of like is the catalyst of what started all this kind of like the, the downward spiral as far as uh, we lost a couple members and now basically it's just, well, not basically, but it is, it's just me and Lee. It's just two members, like two actual full-time members. And then when we play live, we'll worry about that. You know, we'll get fill-ins or anything like that. But yeah, we had the accident and then we, we're going through some financial strife just from the we got a lawsuit that was against us from our insurance company um, because our merch guy got hurt and they kind of paid for all his stuff and back pay from his other job. And it just got really, really crazy as far as they wanted us to pay back all this money and took about a year. And we actually just wrapped that up um at the beginning of October. So at the beginning of this month we just wrapped up that we had been going through it for like a year and that and just you know like being in a band it, it from the outside looking in some people will be like oh holofront's making it big you know holofront's doing big things holofront's you know has made it in the industry or something but it's just that's not reality like we've we've done well for ourselves a lot better than a lot of other bands that are are like coming up which i'm very proud of and appreciate all the fans and stuff but yeah like we've just had so many roadblocks like we lost our we lost our managers we lost our booking agents we lost um and dakota left and brandon left you know and it's 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 been a lot in one year to kind of you know, I'm surprised. To be honest, I'm surprised we're still a band because there was a point where I was kind of like, all the stuff was just piling on top of us, and I was just like, "Is it even worth, you know, continuing? Is it worth putting myself through all this emotional strain and just, you know, having some sort of guilt about you being 33 years old and struggling with, you know, being in a in a in a metalcore band?" But I think all that kind of changed when Dakota quit when Dakota quit, I, I kind of saw it as an opportunity to not so much as seize back the band because that was never, it was never like I'm giving up a piece of this band Dakota, but it was like, I, I have the drive to do this and Lee has the drive to do this. And even though Dakota has decided to leave for his own ama- like amazing, not amazing reasons, but his very valid reasons, mm-hmm. they're very valid. Like he left because of, the emotional strain of being in the band and just he didn't really like touring anymore because of the accident that we got into It really just kind of threw him and brandon off they after that accident they were never the same touring again they just didn't enjoy it they were scared all the time and worried and about accidents and crashing and and i i went through some of that same stuff but i think they they took it a lot harder than i did and so when Dakota left, I was kind of, it kind of like reignited that fire in me because it could have been really easy to be like, well, Dakota's left. i have been kind of feeling on the outs. Maybe we just call it quits. But Lee and I sat down and we had like a long conversation, which mirrors a conversation we had years and years ago before Dakota and Brandon were ever in the band. But it's like, Lee's like, "If as long as you want to make music, I will make music with you. So we've, that's what we're gonna do we're just gonna continue to make music together and if in just trying to just do it for ourselves not so much as to gain fame or any kind of notoriety notoriety in the music industry because it's honestly a club that i'm not super stoked to be in it's sometimes being in a part of that club is just it's draining uh and I'm just I'm just happy that we're able to have the opportunity and the 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 skill base to be able to write and record our own music at home and not have to be you know stuck because we have no money you know to like work with other producers and I'm kind of jumping all over the place right now but yeah basically you know just all the stuff that happened and Dakota leaving. It just kind of spiraled everything else like quickly like right after dakota left we lost our managers and our booking agents so and then then brandon left and because brandon was still in the band when we wrote this album he was actually still in the band and then but he never came to a um he was kind of just out the door emotionally and mentally so he didn't he didn't show up to any of the, the recording sessions or And this isn't me like trying to shit on Brandon. I completely uh, understand where the reasons why he did did the things he did and why he was so disconnected mentally from the band. Um, So, yeah, this this album really is just Lee and I with a couple of songs like from Dakota, like we uh, letting go. And then there's another song that Dakota recorded before. Like we recorded those songs before he left.
0: That is that is a lot to go through, especially over the course of, you know, a year and a half, wrapping up that lawsuit finally, thank God, because that's something that yeah. can always hang over your head. And everything else that was coming through there. And when it comes to Brand Dakota as well, I mean the way that you mentioned it, it's there's it's you understand the reasons why they why they chose to leave, why they especially with Brandon when it came to recording sessions, why he wasn't there for this album. And it it stands out to reason where especially everything you guys had gone through from the from the van accident from just that loss of enjoyment for touring because of what had happened and all these other things that are coming down plus things on the personal side that we don't even know about nor should we know about because those are personal right. to you guys to the band to yourselves as well it all wraps up into this and it, it can create this whole entire cycle of you know everything's coming at you at once everything's happening and it's making your life essentially go in a completely different direction, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, even at times. So you have to make those decisions and be best for yourself as well. Hearing Dakota on this album still is something that, especially at the end with Letting Go, was something that was a huge treat, especially if I think for everyone that's already listened to the song, because I know it's one of the singles. Just really yep. to embrace it and just see that, you know, you guys are still connected together as well, where... You guys are still, you, like, you guys are still friends. You're still there. It's, it was just the way I that things... I talked to Dakota had,
1: a couple hours ago, actually. I talked to him almost every day.
0: Yeah, because I was like, going to even no, say... Like, I, yeah, I was going to even say, I was at the, um there was a show, I was at down in Chicago, and it was uh, the Bless the Fall show. I was talking with the guys in Caskets, and all of a sudden, the bassist left, he's like, yeah, the guy's from Hollow Frontier. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Didn't know where you guys were, so I left the venue, and he's talking outside with you guys. I'm just like, oh, no shit. And, like, all of you were there, so I'm like... Oh, That's actually, shit.
1: So we didn't even get to meet?
0: I mean, I know, I know I said hi to you when you guys played in Milwaukee with uh, on that August Burns Red We Came as Romans tour. I right, talked right, to you right, like right. for like a minute, and then the lights went down, yeah. and Dark Bloom started playing. I'm like, I got to get to the pit. I'll see you later. <laughs> right. Yeah,
1: like a quick little chat, like right before We Came as Romans. Now. But that, that, are you, is that where you are, Chicago? Is that where you're from?
0: I'm from Milwaukee, but I'll travel oh, down to Chicago pretty much okay. anytime. there's a show. So, I like, mean, the, yeah,
1: they're so close, you know? It's like an hour and a half, two hours or something.
0: Yeah, like the last week I was down there on a uh, Friday for Polaris, and then on Sunday again for We Came as Roman. So it's it's if I see a band that's down there, I want to go see. I am there.
1: Yeah, yeah. If they're not coming to Milwaukee, if you know, if they're <laughs> not the rave. Then they're they got to go to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's pretty much. Funny. But I still remember like just walking past like the parking lot and seeing you guys talk with the guys and cats. I'm like, no shit. They're all still like they're like after everything that's gone to oh, happen. You guys are all still cool talking with each other together, hanging out like. Even with everything that's happened, it just put a smile on my face knowing that, you know, the connectivity as you guys as people was still incredibly
1: strong. And I mean, people still people still see Brandon and Dakota as part of, you know, they're always going to be a part of hollow front. So at that show, you know, that we were walking around and we were getting people asking us for pictures and signatures and all that kind of stuff, you know, and they were, you know, I give it to them because I know that they're not in the band anymore, but they still appreciate and love the fan base that they helped helped us build, you know. So they so those guys are my brothers for life. I have no nothing bad to say about them. We 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 don't get to hang out all the time because I'm so busy with band and kids and actually I was supposed to go with them to the Dark Bloom show um in Grand Rapids last Friday, but uh ended up not it ended up conflicting because my youngest son or my son had uh had a birthday party, so I couldn't I couldn't make it, but I planned on going. you know, so anytime I can hang out with him, I definitely will. Um that's cool that you saw us. Uh sorry we didn't get to say hi. <laughs> it, it, it happens sometimes. It was a I good told show.
0: It, it was a good show. I still remember the floor in that place was like it felt like especially here in Bless the Fall, I thought the floor was gonna collapse with how much it was bouncing up and down.
1: <laughs> it gets that way. Yeah. We were chilling back by the bar, just people kept trying to buy us drinks and we don't really, none of us really drink anymore. And so I was just, we were just, they were buying us like way overpriced liquid death waters. So we were just <laughs> getting liquid death water. It kind of looked like a beer can too. So we're just like, cheers, <laughs> you know? Hey, it still fits. It fits the aesthetic
0: and it, it still works. And I'm a little disappointed that I didn't get to go and say hi to you guys. But you know what? I know there's always going to be another time, especially with the fact that you guys are in Grand Rapids. I'm Milwaukee. If there's a Chicago show you guys are interested in seeing, I'm probably going to be there Swim across well. the lake,
1: dude. Just take a, take a nice brisk swim. Take a nice
0: brisk swim and stop by a show at the intersection once again, and just see what the fuck happens.
1: Hell yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, those dudes, I totally, and like I said, I totally understand their position. Like, Brandon's, you know, in his early 30s, and he's kind of just wanting to settle down. And I'm sure Dakota will come... Back to music, just because he's such a talented person and he writes stuff. I haven't really heard a lot with vocals. I've heard a lot of like instrumental stuff, stuff he's been writing. So I'm glad that he's at least creating music in some aspect. And I hope that he comes back swinging and I will be there to support him when he does.
0: I think we'll all be there to support him when he does as well. And I'm glad to hear that, especially... But now when it comes to you guys, you know, going forward and there's no more brand, there's no more Dakota in the band and now it's just you and Lee. One thing you said was, you know, now it's there's a different creative freedom that is there because even though I know you guys love working together, it allows you now, especially on this album, to just open up a little bit more about what you want to try, what you want to experiment with and maybe even some of the topics you want to tackle let that fly let that roll and just see where maybe especially now with Brand Dakota no longer in the band see where the direction of Hollow Front can go and kind of have this you know whole entire regeneration of sound in a certain way going into this album
1: yeah i i agree i agree with that i think i think a lot of people don't also and i'll i've touched on this in other interviews and i'll just touch on it here but a lot of people don't understand that lee actually wrote has written i would say 95% of our songs instrumentally so people were people were really scared when dakota left that we were going to lose a lot of our actual like musical sound but that's not that's not true dakota wrote i think dakota wrote like two or three full songs for Howl as far as instrumentals and then he like threw in pieces here and there for some stuff but for the most part lee so lee was writing all the stuff and so it didn't really change it only changed vocals. So, like, vocals was the biggest, like, change that we had to go through. And, and quick, too, because mm-hmm. we had other... We had conversations about, oh, who should we get to replace Dakota? Or, or what should we do? You know, and I... I've I've never been a super confident singer. So, I was kind of like, ooh, I'm kind of nervous. You know, I don't really want, like... A, you know, I'm a, I'm a confident screamer. I've been doing it for so long. But I have singing ability i just have never used it as far as in my metal career um not well anyways i've done it but not not in this way not in this uh, capacity so having that was the biggest change and it was kind of like we dakota quit in january and we started recording in march so we had like a month of me complete depression deciding whether or not i wanted to be in the band or not basically because i was just just like dude we can't catch a break you know and it just felt like you know it felt like we were losing dakota was like the biggest hit this band's ever taken because it's such an he's such an ingrained part of the sound from loose threads on that that's how we built our fan base for from that record on and that was very scary to me to have to switch you know and lee was kind of like i will help you like we will work together and he wrote a lot of the melodies on this on this album because i'm not a seasoned melody writer and he's a producer so he's worked a lot more with writing melodies and i kind of had to give up a little bit of control in that aspect to be like i trust you and we'll work together and we'll create you know we'll create songs that we are really proud of And I think that was another thing about the album was that we wrote it so quickly after Dakota quit that it that's why the album is so personal. Like, that's why the album is so personal. And that's why it's so it's deep, because I was deep at the time, you know, and there's a couple of songs that don't coincide with this the events that have been happening to us, just like a song about my mom and my relationship when I was younger and like a unrequited love kind of a song. And, but everything else on the album is geared towards the, the crash and the everything that happened after that. And like, even the songs Dakota, we wrote before he left those songs changed theme thematically for me when he left like letting go was a song he wrote about a girlfriend and I I took it and I turned it around into being a song about him leaving the band. So like when I'm singing my part Dakota had already left when I wrote it. So I wrote directly to him. So it he had he had written the song about his ex-girlfriend but I wrote my parts and made the song thematically change and turned it into him having to let go of his dream basically with this band, you know, and us having to let go of him, you know, and in return. And that's how I, I, that's just how I, I tackled both of the songs. Both those songs were written well before. There was never a a doubt in my mind at the time when those songs were written, that Dakota would still be in the band right now. You know, if you would ask me then is the, do you think Dakota will leave? I'd be like, no way. Like me and Dakota, it's going to be me and Dakota forever, you know? And when he left it, It hurt and I was angry, but not at him, just angry at the situation and angry that it had to come to this. And so I kind of wrote those two songs from my perspective in the present instead of where I'd been when they were originally written.
0: I was even going to include on that because one of the best parts about this album all the way through was when you listen to every single song. And I will probably pull out the one that you did right about uh, the relation with your mom, which was Over the Cradle. I'm going to pull that one out because that one kind of lives is thematically lives in a little bit of a different box. But compared Mm -hmm. to everything else, it's listening through it, listening through the way your vocals played off. And I know you said you were nervous about doing, you know, more clean singing just because being a screamer pretty much your whole entire life everyone knew exactly what we were gonna get from that but when it comes to the clean side of things it was okay what are we gonna get from Tyler now how is this gonna sound I had friends after I was telling about the album how I'm like guys you gotta you, you gotta get ready to listen to this thing they're like does Tyler sing more on this one because that's something that we are really really hoping for and we really want to hear it come through and just the way you and Lee were able to work those melodies in, work everything thematically, and then with Letting Go specifically, the way you were able to take your lyrics and kind of take what Dakota written about an ex-girlfriend and have you transform it into Dakota leaving and working through that. What this album came through was a lot of the frustrations, a lot of the anger, a lot of the emotions that you guys were feeling during, especially the time from the crash up until now and everything that has happened. But with, you know, members leaving... And friends leaving, it was never a thing of you were angry based on that, like you're like at your friends at Dakota, at Brandon for leaving. There was never any of that that could be seen on the album. A lot of the anger was being derived from the situation, the way that life was just throwing everything at you guys all at once, nonstop. And it seemed like there was never going to be any end to it. It was a lot of the frustration and the just emotional turmoil that was coming through in those moments and, that, and especially that capacity really came through throughout a lot of these songs. So when I was listening through it, I was connecting with every little bit of that at a time in my life where it seemed like everything was crashing down and there was no end in sight. Everything was changing from what I had previously thought it was to just going forward and to this unknown and being absolutely afraid of it because everything I had planned for is now gone. You guys, you, especially you guys, you and Lee putting it into this album and just having that be the focus of the aggression, of the clean side being a little bit more of this revelation piece, a grief piece at the same time. It really stood out incredibly strong all the way through.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've always done our best just to try to write songs that people can relate to. Um, I think to me, that's what really has helped this band from the beginning um, because of the honesty that I've put in my lyrics and, Dakota, the honesty that he's put into his lyrics. Dakota tends to be a little bit more of a poetic uh, person, more metaphors and um, that kind of thing. And I'm, I'm more like, I'm sad, you know, like I, I'm like, <laughs> like, like, like I'm pretty straightforward. Even if I'll try to, I'll try to have some nuance in there every once in a while. But we just try to write songs that people will, will, um, will like connect with and be able to. Cry to, that's songs to cry to kind of a thing, you know, I, and you were, t- I don't know if we we're touching on it more later, but the Over the Cradle is a good example. It's just that song is, it's, it's very much about me personally, but I know a lot of people, you know, can relate to struggles with their parents when they're teenagers or young kids and, you know, not feeling loved or appreciated as a child. Um So like, yeah, I, I just try to make every song be as authentic and real as possible, and it's funny because I wrote. Um, there's a song called "Good Things Never Last," which is towards the end, and I, I actually finished the lyrics for that after Brandon quit. So that song <laughs> itself is kind of like a. Uh, it's almost like if, like the good times were never meant, you know, like the good times with Dakota and Brandon being in the band, like it just never. Those those good times never last. That's how I felt in the moment it's not like a true thing it's not like this is true good things never last i'm not saying that cuz i'm sure there are some good things that last but as far as this band is as as experienced the good things haven't lasted and it's a dream that's you know died died pretty fast for my brothers and i i hope that they can come back to music i'm not so certain about brandon i think brandon's pretty much done but i really hope that dakota like finds uh, the passion again to to f- pursue music full time cuz he's he's that good
0: and honestly i think we all just hope that but for brandon dakota whatever is going to make them the happiest in life and make them be the most fulfilled version of themselves that's what they end up going after cuz yeah. that's that's all we can hope for really in 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 life and when it came to over the cradle just especially with you talking about the relationship with your mom and you know more of the struggles that were going on through there when i looked at it it was i took a really interesting look at it because it's comes from the conversation we had the first one of the podcast talking about the price of dreaming when you wrote the song dear sons and we I remember we were talking about that and how it was like a letter to your to your kids it was like you know you're a musician. You're trying to make it the best as possible. You might not always be physically around because you're going to be on the road touring. You're going to be doing that. But everything that you're still doing is going to be to support them. You're always going to be there for them at in some capacity, whether it's you're going to be able to call them, you're going to be able to be there so they know that whatever their dad is doing is going to be something that's going to be, you know, in support of them, is going to be for them. The goal is drive is for them. And now listening to Over the Cradle, it was, for me, it gave me a much larger perspective, not only into your own experiences, but to your mindset as a person as well, seeing you know, the relationship you had with especially your mom just previously, seeing where that came in and how you know, you're know, you taking a different approach with your kids and seeing how it all molds together, becoming a better person off of all these experiences as well and putting them into practice, seeing the connection between those two songs, Over the Cradle Here, and of course, To Your Sons on The Price of Dreaming. That was something that really, really took me back. And I'll say in the most positive way, because this song was an emotional wreck of the most beautiful sounding quality. I think I've heard in a long time.
1: Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's honestly one of my favorite songs on the album. I think mostly cause it's, it's so personal. Like I've, I've definitely had some cry sessions to that one, you know, just cause it's very personal. And me and my mom kind of, we have a good relationship now. I wouldn't say it's perfect. Cause there's just we have some things that we just there's there's just some things that we'll never agree on and that's okay we just kind of learned to disagree to disagree at this point but yeah i mean she even told me to write the song so you know she's like you know if you need because we were you know it's 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 an ebb and flow of whether or not, you know, we're in a good spot or not, you know, and we have been in a good spot for a long time, but we've had our hiccups here and there, you know, and, and past stuff does get brought up um, either from her end or my end. And um, she's like, just write the song. And I was like, all right, I'll write the song, but I, I want you to know that like, you you need to be okay with the song kind of a thing. And I, I'll say there's some, it's a, it's a song. So I will say like, there's some parts that, lyrically had to be embellished just because it sounded better you know so i wouldn't take the whole song as a hundred percent truth it's it's like 80 percent truth and there's a couple things in there that i that i put in as far as just to make the song better and more catchy um more towards the end of the song um and yeah i mean this your podcast will come out before the album comes out so well, we actually have a music video for that one coming out um, October 27th. And actually all of my kids, I have three sons and all three of my kids play the same character growing up with uh, an abusive mom, basically. So that that's going to be super cool. Um, haven't seen the edit yet, but uh, it's coming. We're always to the wire on everything with this band. But uh, yeah, it's a super it's going to be a super emotional video. Um and it's it's gonna be crazy seeing my kids uh, on screen, um, but yeah, that that song is very personal and very deep. And uh, I'm glad that I was I'm glad that my mom talked and I talked about it. And because I I've always stayed away from writing songs about my parents because a I don't want to piss them off, um, ex girlfriends or whatever I've always written about them. <laughs> I don't care what they think. <laughs> but uh, but as far as my parents, you know, I I don't want to disrespect my parents. Even though they did some pretty dumb shit when I was a kid that they just they're human beings. They weren't perfect, but they're not bad people. They just made bad decisions. And I've worked through a lot of that stuff. So I'm not I'm not super um, I'm not super upset about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll say even, you know, getting talking to your parents about this, especially your mom and your mom being the one to kind of be the catalyst of saying you should write this song, go and write this song. It brings more of this connectivity between the two of you as well. And when people hear it, it's going to be, you know, even it's, you know, 80 percent true and then 20 percent more exaggerated just to amplify, make the song sound better, make it really hit the way you want it to hit. Yeah, Yeah, there's going to be some things where maybe people start listening. They start to take a couple of different things from it. And then all of a sudden, maybe things come back. But as long as you have talked about it with her, you've worked through it with her so that, you know, if you know where you both stand with each other, you know where the song is coming from. That's going to be something that just shows the utmost respect, not only between, you know, mother and son, but just two people individually. And it stands out to kind of even bring closure to some of those negative points in life to have something like this out there and just literally just, you know, have it be this piece of just here it is. It's out there now. And that's that. But having a video with your three kids in there, kind of showing like the growth of the character that's gonna be portrayed in this, that is absolutely wild, but it actually makes such cool sense in my mind just because now it's from your kids' perspectives. It kind of goes back to Dear Sons as well for me, where it's, you know, you're showing the support for the man. It's kind of like you're showing just, kind of, you know, in them, you know, okay, this is where I was coming from, this is where my mind was. And on the flip side of it, I want to make sure that that wasn't going to happen with us. So that's where I'm coming from. It'll help give your kids even a greater appreciation for what you're doing as a father to them. Because the same thing kind of happened with with my parents. My dad's the same way with basically for Thanksgiving. When he was a kid, he was the youngest out of like five. And that's when the drinking age was still 18. So everyone would be at the bar drinking. He'd be at a table in the corner. They'd go to a restaurant. And he absolutely hated. He hated the holiday. And all of a sudden, when he got married, he made sure that my brother and I were never going to have a Thanksgiving like that because he never wanted us to go through something like that. Right. And now Thanksgiving's like my favorite day of the year because of what my dad did for it too. It just it it, it kind of just speaks as this is great like microcosm of you get having be uh, excuse me you getting a better relationship with your mom, but also you being the best father possible to your kids. And absolutely showing them every step of the way, not only through the song you created back on "Price Dream with Dear Sons, but through this song as well and through the music video and having your kids connected to it as well to understand all that. My
1: God, that is deep, but deep in yeah. the best way I can think of. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, like I've been trying to get my kids in music videos for a while because um, they're they're child labor loss because <laughs> <No, I'm just laughs> uh, they're cheap and free labor no, that's not, but I, I always always thought it would be cool to have because mm, who knows maybe maybe youtube isn't forever I, for right now the internet's forever who knows in 50 years what the internet will be like but i just feel like that's something that they can be like i was in a music video and you know and i i i'm proud that i was able to you know, get them involved in what I love to do, and they were super willing. They were super into it, and I will say the music video was definitely exaggerated for drama and a, um, everything that happens in this music video. It didn't happen to me. Um, we we just we we went from being just like an emotional kind of distance to like because my mom did have alcohol problems, but she was very good at hiding them. She wasn't like an outward drunk all the time. She just allowed her drinking to spiral and spiral until she fucked up relationships because of it, basically. Um, but this in the, in the music video, we made the mom pretty, pretty rough. I will say. <laughs> and we had a, we had a good friend of ours. Uh, Haley came out and uh, portrayed the mom. Cause we had the person who originally was supposed to have had to back out. So we had to find someone quick at the last second. And she, she did a really good job and yeah, it, it, it's definitely going to be an emotional music video. I uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. I haven't seen it yet, <laughs> but I can't wait. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite songs on the album. Um, I mean, I think every song's pretty good. There's a, there's a couple songs where it's the heavier stuff. I'm not the big heaviest guy. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of all the heavy, heavy stuff, but I, I like our heavy stuff too. But if I had to like go on a list, I'd put the heavier stuff towards the bottom just because it doesn't give me the same, feeling inside that I get from the songs that have a little bit more melody and emotion.
0: I can understand that not having, you know, the connectivity to some of the heavier songs, especially just given your personal preference. But when it comes to some of the heavier songs in the album as well, because I went through the whole thing, you got my list of notes right here and I'm looking through and it was like every, everyone I looked at, I'm like, okay, start out, you know, the fear of, and I like overall first thing was like, this is the great, one of the greatest opening tracks I've heard because it puts so much focus in on what the album's going to be right after that you go into we're all left suffering and i'm i am i have put that this might be the best song you guys have ever made and that was only after i listened to two of them because i listened to it straight through once i got to will i run i'm like this song couldn't have not have come out from any other band but you guys just given what you guys have been through and how it was presented then you got to over the cradle i'm just like this this just keeps coming this just keeps flowing with everything i'm looking at and listening and like I cannot stop getting into this every step of the way. The heavy stuff hit with the ferocity. The some of the lighter stuff hit with such as emotional like aggression and pain at the same time. But you're feeling it here. You're not like running, go smash and grab. You're feeling it in your chest, or you're adding a couple of different aspects in there. Again, like we're like we're all left suffering. Just the way that you guys use these electronic synths to include that faster pace and just kind of keeping it feeling like, you know, whatever was coming your way, all this other, all everything that was kind of coming and falling on top of you guys as a band that seemed like it was never stopping. It kept feeling like, you know, like a horror movie villain was kind of coming towards you and trying to not stop. And it was like it was an impending doom that kept coming closer and closer and closer as you guys kept trying to get away. It was just brilliantly haunting in that standpoint. But it was just so well done. Almost like every single song. There's there something incredibly positive that I could say about it. It was it was something no matter what you listen to and what you prefer. Whether you prefer some of the softer stuff, the more emotional stuff, or some of the stuff that's just straight up heavy smash and grab going to make you go in the pit and want to chokeslam someone in there. Yeah, Like you guys hit on every single cylinder on this one. It was
1: we've always been uh we always like variety in our music we don't want to and that's why that's why like i'm cool i like heavy stuff i just it's not my not my favorite so i would there will always be heavy stuff included in our music just because i like having those the song where it's like literally super heavy and then the next song it's like mostly singing like we do that with breaking teeth and to stay with me it's like it's like very breaking teeth is just punching the face the whole time. And then stay with me is very, like, almost like a little bit of emo mixed in with rock kind of a thing, you know, with some heaviest, like screaming and stuff still, but that song, it doesn't have a breakdown, doesn't have a, it's just very, it's, it's just a completely different genre almost, you know, and we just don't, well, that's how we'll always make records. We don't want to make records where every song is balls to the wall, heavy or, you know, super soft, or I think it's a good, That's a good way of looking at how to make albums is making such a taking all the the sub genres of metal and kind of figuring out ways to weave it in, whether it's or, you know, um, you know, emo music or just anything that has to do with that's brought up in the last 20 years of this genre.
0: Yeah, and kind of even going further into some of the stuff as well, just because you guys brought a lot of that in there. Thinking about some of the other bands that are really blowing up in the music scene right now are really on top of their game. What are they doing? They're the ones that on their albums they're experimenting with all this stuff. They're consistent, like if they're assisting, if they're saying with a consistent theme and a consistent idea of where they want to go, the sounds are always completely different to amplify whatever emotional message they're trying to tell within the story they're trying to tell. Bring Me the Horizon does this incredibly well every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Bad Omens does this incredibly well as well. Sleep Token did it this year, like none other. Spirit Box yeah. is kicking ass doing it right now. There's so much going on there. And when you're able to form it, you know, your album around that idea where you, you can go through all these different subgenres that metal has offered over the past 20, 25 years, work within your own album, work within your own sound, and use those influences to bring out the emotional storytelling that you want to in every single song for every single aspect. That's where it absolutely hits and it works. And when you brought up stay with me that was something that really stuck out to me because the vocals from you in the chorus with how clean they were, I know you weren't the biggest fan of, you know, clean singing, but my God, it was, that was one of the most amazing things you could possibly imagine. It was just, you hit on this absolute want for hope and support, but like a subtle cry out there that it might not work out the person that you wanted to have it work out with the loved one that yeah. you want to just, you know, just in, in the toughest of times, where you know you want to be with someone through thick and thin, where it's really tough and it's like you both need to lean on each other. This is the cry for help that we're trying to have while we can while we're still trying to continue support that other person, but we feel like we're not getting that support ourselves as well. It was emotionally wrecking a little bit at times, but that's what you needed in a song like that and that's what you needed in your voice and you absolutely hit
1: on it. Thank you, dude. Yeah, that was that was actually the last song we did. It was the second or last, second or the last song that we wrote. Um, that I wrote vocally. Like all the instrumentals were done for months, but it took us. We went on a tour in May with uh, Barry Tomorrow, so that took about a month away from our finishing up the album. But I think it took us. We started in started in March, and it was finished and sent off at the end of June or something like that. So I think March and April were like our big months where we really pushed for the writing and all that. So yeah, that song was it was we didn't know what to do, to be honest at the first. And I kind of went my own way and I kind of started come up coming up with the melodies that I did. I actually wrote a lot of melodies in that song, which I'm I'm pretty proud of. And then Lee like helped me like refine them kind of a thing. Um but yeah, I was I that's one of my favorite songs on the album just because um as as scared as I was of of showing the world my clean singing as like the the singer the only singer, um, yeah that one was uh, I'm very proud of it because I I just I just loved what we did with it. Um, oh, I think I'm getting someone coming to my room. One second, sorry. Oh, you're good. Give me one second, buddy. I'm I to an interview, buddy. Sorry. <laughs>
0: Say don't worry, he won't bait too much longer for his kids. If you're watching the video, it was kind of funny when we when he ran out. It looked like he ran oh. through the palm. It looked like he ran through the palm tree as he ran out. It was funny as hell. Like I got like a Baywatch thing going on. <laughs> yeah, you see, to run in a lot more slow
1: motion for that to really work out. <laughs> I don't think I can run. I can't. I can't run fast or slow. I just at one pace. Um, <laughs> just, just yeah. Tyler, he's, pace. he's young. He's only he's only two, so he's he's. He's a little bit more uh, rambunctious than most, but yeah. Anyways, back to what I was talking about. About stay with me. I just I thought that that song was. Um, just after we finished it, I was very proud of it. It's one of my most listened to on the on the album that I listened to when I listened to. It, I'm like, love the song. Want to listen to it? It can just hit it. It can hit in all different. You know, it can hit in all different. Um, hits all different kinds of emotions in that song.
0: Oh, right, I can hit in all different kind of facets as well. Emotions, feelings, whatever you're going through at that point in time. And I mean, I wouldn't say just be proud of that song. If mean, you say be
1: proud of this whole entire album as oh, well. It's, yeah, it's absolutely. I'm super proud of the whole thing. But I think I think I'm most proud of the songs where like, will I run and stay with me where I sing a lot? Like, because songs where I'm screaming, like to me, it's not that I'm not proud of them. It's just I know I can do it, you know, and it's the singing. The singing part was where I was most nervous about. And I've sang on songs. I sang on "Thick as Blood." I sang on "Afflicted." I sang on. I've sang. I've sang on songs throughout the history of this band. But now it's it's all on my shoulders. Now you know it's not. I don't have Dakota to come in and save me uh, when I need him to.
0: Yeah, now it's all on to you. And I mean, when it came down to it, you absolutely hit on this. I cannot wait to see what happens on the twenty seventh when people get to listen to it when they actually get the full thing. And when Mr. Alan Harrington on Twitter does his whole entire like Twitter reviews of albums and he gets his hand on this one because again it's something where like a lot of people they might not necessarily know where it's going to go especially when it's just you and Lee now but once they actually get to hear it I think they're going to basically be like thrown back in their chairs and just have this holy shit moment of I cannot believe this actually exists. The amount of ferocity the amount of aggression the amount of emotional heaviness to the weight and just the way that the clean singing the unclean singing just everything working within together the instrumentals how everything is amplified the inclusion of these synths these electronic bits to amplify every single piece and to amplify those feelings of sometimes you know stress confusion not knowing where we're going next and feel like you're constantly being chased by something because the world is crashing down upon you and there is no like hope in sight really because there is nothing that seems like it's going to ever get better. There is so much on this album to really go through that you guys went through where, I, I mean, this one, like, just to say it blew me away is an understatement. And I think it's going to do the exact same thing to everybody that listens to it. Hell yeah. I
1: hope so too. <laughs> I hope they buy it. I hope everyone in the world buys it. No, good. I, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm excited too. I, I think release days are, they're super anxiety ridden, but they're also, it's just, it's nice to actually be able to release new stuff and have people listen to it. I'm very grateful.
0: Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, you're releasing something to the world and it's happier, happier. It's like, okay, we finally have this out there. But then the nerves come in and the anxiety comes in. We're, well, what do people think about it now? Because now right, it's there. Right.
1: And I felt I felt like in I'm not trying to down target our last album. I felt like a lot of people were it was a lot of people liked it, but there was still this sort of like a lackluster feeling like kind of like a, they expected more from it and i i really hope that this album just crushes that you know and i, I think that we're never gonna appeal to every single person and I, that's not our goal um but i at least want to keep building and growing and and making this because this this band is my it's my livelihood it's my life and um any anything that i can do to make it Bigger and more, you know, more accessible to people. I will always do that. Well, oh,
0: I think you'll absolutely do that. And now I've got three questions for you before we head out. Good Two one. from people that from uh, different groups on Facebook, and one from myself as well. So the first one, I went to the Metalcore uh, s- uh, Facebook group. Guy, I can never. I'm not able to pronounce name. It, it's like Imanded. I I hope I said that right. But his question was. Is there a plan to recruit new members to
1: hollow front in the future? Um, at this point, no. Um, I'm never going to say never, just because you can never, you can't never say never. Who knows? In a couple of years, maybe we'll decide that we want actual full-time members, but it doesn't make sense right now. Um, with the fact that Lee can produce and record and I'm right down the road from him. Like it just there's just when you have five people or four people in a band, it just gets really hard to schedule and actually write, writing this writing, recording this album was the easiest ever because I knew I was going to be there every day. Lee lived at his, lives at his house. So I knew he was going to be there every day. So it just wasn't like a, Hey, when are you going to get here? Or it just, it's so much nicer. And like when you have to schedule five people's, you know, around their lives and, It's just, it, it, it's not, not, obviously it's not impossible It's people do it all the time, but I've just found that I like not having to, too many cooks in the kitchen. And it's nice to be able to be like, I like that. And then not have someone behind, behind us to be like, I don't like that. You know, it's just, but me and Lee are so like, we're simpatico. Like, like, like this on our tastes and our vision for how the music should be. And we always have been, that's kind of what's driven the sound of the, the metal core sound that we usually adhere to. Um. So yeah, it just, it got exponentially easier when it just became us two. Um, so I'm not saying never, but right now, no, no new members. So that, that, that makes sense. Just given again,
0: what you guys experienced writing this album and then, leaving the door open too, because you never know what you're going to think about a year two or three down the line. And with the fact that I know you guys said you were out with Barry tomorrow as well, is there going to be any plans to, you know, do some touring in the future as well? Even, you know, just the two guys and maybe some touring members to help out, or is that still that's, something that's up in the air at the moment?
1: That's the plan. I mean, like I touched on earlier, we lost, when Dakota quit, we, when Dakota quit, our managers and our booking agents basically, dipped, you know, like, so we're, we're not represented by managers or booking agents at the moment. So we're not getting any offers. We haven't, we haven't gotten any offers in a long time, to be honest, which, which sucks, but we're not, I'm just not super focused on that right now. I'm just focused on writing and releasing music. And our plan is to just be a lot more active on the internet. Um, and then when touring comes, when those opportunities come around again, like grabbing onto them, whole wholeheartedly you know and not letting go but right now I'm not letting it because I think uh, I, I let it I'm a, a very emotional person and I, I take a lot of things to the heart and I spent a lot of time being like why aren't why isn't Hallifront getting offers like what are we doing wrong we're putting out we're putting out music we're on a label but we're just not getting any offers and I've kind of come to the point where I don't I'm not going to compromise my vision or my my happiness to make someone in the industry like me or like my band. So kind of just doing our own thing for now and pushing it as like a, you know, hollow front is being hollow front. You know, we're not doing anything to be liked enough to go on tour with. I'm just throwing out bands. I'm not trying to talk shit, but just like Motionless so white or any of those bands, just like big bands. Like we're not, we don't have to sell our souls to, to do that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm hoping that we get offers and that we, we will get back on the road. Cause Lee, Lee actually came out for his first tour with the Barry tomorrow. So that was his first tour ever. And not just with us just ever. So he really loved it. And I love touring for the most part. There's some parts about it that I, that I don't like, you know, not seeing my kids, you know, a lot of, a lot of st- st- financial stress, mm. but overall I like doing that more than going to a regular job any day, you know? <laughs> so Yes, the there will be there will be tours in the future. I just have no no date to give, or it's in right now. It's there's nothing in the in the in the in the purview. All
0: right. That, that does make sense. I just was curious about it myself because I kind of want to see you guys play live again, especially with what's going to happen with this new album and the sounds that have come out with it. It's It makes me want to go crazy in the pit. That's the best way to describe it. All right. Second question I have from someone in one of the metalcore groups, groups, uh, Jess Escobar. I always want to call him out by name. Uh, this person, they are in a band right now and they're trying to work as hard as possible with it. And the question to you specifically was as you continue to grow in the scene and to grow with your music as well, does work life balance get any easier than it is when, then when you're like early on trying to grow as much as possible and spending all your time working on your band, working on your art, working on your craft.
1: No, it doesn't get any better. (laughs) Um, You're always going to have to treat your band as a second job. Like honestly, your, your regular job that you make money at, that's your second job. Like you're going to work way less there than you are on your own music and then your own, you know, you're not working 40 hours, 40, 50 hours a week on music. You're working, you should be working double. And I know that's crazy, but if, if, if every minute of your day isn't, isn't, isn't geared towards your band making it uh, as far as just releasing music and being a, um a, an active member of the musical industry, not saying like blow up to bring in the horizon status or anything. Cause there's a lot of bands that do well that aren't that big. Um, but yeah, you have to put all your focus into that work life. I've, it sucks to say, but I've lost a lot of relationships because of this band, as far as friendships or um, like girlfriends or just whatever, like being in a, being in a band is not a, not a, not a fairy tale there's a lot of shit you got to go through and there's a lot of there's a lot of people you're gonna have to say sorry I can't make it to that or hey you know and I've even had to do that on my kids birthdays before I was on a tour you know so it's like there's just you have to sacrifice no matter what there's there's if you don't you're always gonna just be playing local shows which is fine if you want if you want it to be a hobby then don't put that much time into it just just have fun with your friends, make music, play shows. but when you come home put like it like a regular job when you come home, you leave it at the door. But if you want it to be your main focus and you want your band to somewhat succeed, it has to be a you come home from work, you set down your lunch pail from your last job and you get right to work on your band because no one it the, the industry is so saturated because of the internet you have to try to stand out somehow and i i think a lot of it's luck it's a lot of it's luck and a lot of it is um who you know and then the main thing is just quality you gotta have quality music videos you gotta have quality recordings you gotta have quality pictures you gotta have quality merch quality 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 is king and that's the only way you're gonna stand out um yeah, I hope that answered the question. <laughs> so that's the best answer I think you could give in the question because you didn't
0: sugarcoat it at all. And it kind of gives the point where it also allows people that are in bands right now that are trying to do stuff and maybe are struggling with this. Realize that, hey, you know, we, it's it's not going to get any easier. But if you want it, you put in the work to do it. You make the sacrifices where, where you feel like you have to and where you need to in order to get where you need to be and where you want to be. And if you t- if it's not where you want to be, you can always back out and try something else and figure out what you want in life because that's the best way to go about it. It's, you know, if you don't try, you're always going to regret it. But if you try and you don't like it, then you're set. I got one more for you. I've been asking everybody I've been interviewing lately this. So I'm going to ask it to you, Tyler. Can you give me three bands that maybe are big as you guys, maybe not as big as you guys, that you would suggest people to go check out and get into can be any genre you want. I'm always looking for new suggestions nice. and to get people
1: more yeah. suggestions. So I'll say three, give me three. All right. I'm, I'm going to pick some homies bands just cause I got to plug the homies uh, of virtue. Yes. A band from uh, Lansing, Michigan. They actually, their album Omen is what it's called. It comes out the same day as our album, October 27th. So it's, it's a big day for Michigan metal um, and then my 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 buddies in uh, Archers, they're from your neck of the woods. I think they're from Madison. Yep. Um, and then for a third band, I I love this band. We tour with them. Just just plugging them, Siamese. Uh, they're from uh, Denmark, and they are amazing. And you should listen to them if you like the a little bit more of the the singing side. Actually, pretty much every band I said has a lot of singing, but. Both all all those bands are good and they all deserve your uh, your listens.
0: They absolutely do. And yeah, I know of of Virtue, Their album was coming out on the 29th of September initially, but it got pushed back to the same yeah. day as you guys because I did I did have him on the I had David on the podcast back in September, so and yeah, Archer's
1: Lee, Lee worked a, on a few Lee worked on like three or four songs on that album, like uh co wrote with them. Oh it makes sense why that album is uh, so, so good. Song? Then. Cut, cut me open if you've heard yeah. that one Lee, Lee wrote the a lot their co-wrote on that one and there's a few other ones I don't know our cannibals I think he did that one yeah he, he's done a few songs uh so lee's worked with them quite a bit. Uh, yeah and then and
0: then then bringing up archers as well you're not the only person i've asked that's brought up archers the guys in uh uh catch your breath brought up archers as well so that's like the second time i've heard them in the past week be referenced
1: so archers is such a good band actually uh their bass players uh he has a side project that he does he's at he's at lee's right now recording his side project full album so (laughs) we kind of all just we're all kind of like mingled into each other and yeah yeah I, i love those guys a lot we actually toured with them. We did like a little weekender in 2018 and we, we haven't really played like tours. We played shows together since, but yeah, we just been really close ever since as, uh, and actually their vocalist when that, at the tour where we got in that accident, their vocalist, Nathaniel came out and drove our van, the van we bought. He drove like the rest of the tour for us so that we didn't have to, because we were all like, you know, a little bit of PTSD from accident. Mm-hmm. So he came out. Yeah, so we're really close to those guys. And they they always put out just the quali- most quality music.
0: So it's a big double shout out to Archers for that one. My God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> adding I gotta, on, yeah. Adding on to it. Well, Tyler, as we bring this podcast to inclusion, I always love to give you in this instance right now, which is my guest, a chance to whatever you want to say. Plug or to plug. promote are going promote the end of the episode. So my friend, the floor is yours.
1: All right, we are putting out an album, Hollow Front, The Fear of Letting Go, comes out October 27th. You can go to the best place if you're looking to still grab it is go to our Instagram and right in the, the bio is a link to like all the stuff. Um, I don't know the UNFD link right off hand. Um, or you can pick up some merch from us for our from our, our own store at hollowfrontmerch.com. We have some merch there and we'll be releasing some The Fear of Letting Go um, themed stuff on there very soon. And yeah, you can check us out on just go to Google type holofront and find us whatever, whatever fancy internet app that you use,
0: <laughs> whatever fancy internet app that you use, whether it's Google or whatever, if you're still here or whatever, if you're still using, or whatever it's called now. Yeah, whichever one you use, I'll make it even easier on everybody by ending this podcast with three things. First things first, make it easier on you. Everything to find holofront, front, everything to find Fear of Letting Go. Merch-wise, get the album, the physical copies of it where you can stream it. Everything. Go description the podcast. i was a fine hollow front online. Links and labels for everything. So, I'll take care of all the research for you. All you gotta do is click the links and go from there. Now, step for number two. So, this is my second time having you on the podcast, Tyler. The one time I got to see you play live since the last time I had you on, I got talked to you for like a minute before literally rushing back into the raid because we came in as Roman and started playing Dark Darkloom and I had to go hit somebody. And I made you promise the last time, which was first rounds on me. Well, I've not been able to make that promise fulfilled just yet. But now, because it's the second time I've had you on, and I've enjoyed it so much once again, it's no longer first round, it's first two.
1: All right, you're going to be my first two liquid deaths, because I don't really drink, so you can take my That is absolutely okay with me. The first two liquid deaths are on me the water at the bar.
0: <laughs> Woo! All righty. Yeah, exactly. Now it's time for number three. Well, Tyler, I can't end this podcast by saying goodbye. That is way too final because I've had you on twice now. I would love you back on the podcast once again in the future because these are always great conversations. Cannot wait to see you perform live once again once that time it happens. Cannot wait to see how people take to this brand new album. I think it's going to be absolutely incredible. Scratch it. I know it's going to be absolutely incredible. So, man, goodbye is too final. I got to say. I'll see you later.
1: See you later, man. Thanks for having me. Woo! Well, well, folks, This was an interview with Tyler
0: from the band hollow front. Now it's time for Kevin's final thoughts. So Tyler and Lee and Dakota and Brandon, I mean, those guys went through so much over the past year and a half from the van crash, from dealing with everything of life coming down on them from, you know, different, you know, uh, different, you know, court cases and lawsuits with insurance companies, um just you know the guys leaving it's it's a big thing to have to deal with and it takes an emotional toll on them and i mean clearly it's somewhere they thought that nothing would you know ever end from it and they'd have to end the band possibly just seeing what all happened and seeing the fact that they've come back specifically tyler and lee and the fact that dakota and brand are still friends all together i mean that's just an incredibly positive thing but what stands out to this overall is how powerful this album sounds how incredibly just diverse it is in terms of hitting on so many different emotional elements. It really stands out to me in a way that says, you know, we all go through crap in life. We all do. And it freaking hurts at times. At times, it can feel like there's no end to it. But this album reminds us that, you know, there's a lot of aggression around there. And there's a lot of emotional weight and anger. But a lot of that doesn't stem from, you know, people. It doesn't stem from other things. It just, it just stems from, you know, the constant things that are happening to us and the frustration around those events. And if we're able to push, get through that, if we're able to, you know, even if, you know, relationships change, we're able to still have positive relationships with people when they change. That's really a big thing. That's really what matters. And hearing the fact that, you know, the band, in my opinion, took a gigantic step forward sonically, now with you know Tyler having to do clean vocals and hearing how powerful it does, especially when it comes to him really diving deep into some of his own stuff, especially the relationship he had with his mom. wee, that's a big one. And I, I think that you know you guys are gonna listen to this album. You're gonna feel the aggression. You're gonna feel the pain. You're gonna feel the emotional weight of it, and it's gonna be fantastic. And the best way to make sure you don't miss out on it, go script to the podcast right now. Where it says Fine Hollow Front Online, links, levels for everything right there. For you to pre order the album, get some physical copies, get some merch, support the band as well, because, man, if anyone deserves it, it's them. Also, give us a follow on the Corporate Girls Podcast. or on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, link description below. Hit subscribe at the YouTube channel because, you know, we do episodes like this every single Tuesday, and Thursday, and reaction videos every Friday. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Amazon, Still hit that follow button. All the podcast subs are out there every single Tuesday and Thursday as well. Also like the episodes as well to help push the algorithm. Ah, algorithm. Ooh, yeah. Thank you very much for that. Thank you, Tyler. This is going to be a fun one. I cannot wait for people to, you know, really get into this album and get into the band even more. So on that note, that's going to be guys. Thank you for watching, listening to the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one. i a big, healthy, and hearty. See y'all.